a new way of getting payment, working to serve the world state. Money eventually replaced step-by-step by credits issued by the states. That's all on the books. Then you technically would become a terrorist, you see, if you start to stand up and hold on to that which you've managed to accumulate in your lifetime, however large or small it may be. A brand new world. And of course, a brand new priesthood to go along with it. The, uh, in, in world orders and utopias, you always have an upper class, you see, who believe in the intellectuals. And they have the right, naturally, to live a lot, lot better a standard than you do. Back with more after this break. I am Alan Watts, and we're cutting through the matrix. The big world of deception, actually, what the matrix is, is where everything comes from and comes into. And you have all these rooms and layers and levels of reality. We're kept going into this labyrinth. We never get out of it, really. There's degrees of getting out of it, but you're always still within it. And you're bombarded from being a baby with the indoctrination of your parents and then followed up by kindergarten school and after school it's the media uh, constantly propagandized all through our lives most folk don't even know there are sides in anything they really don't know that uh, most people don't want power over people so they can't imagine that there are people who exist and are born and in every generation lots of them uh, with psychopathic traits that claw their way to the top they don't experience the same kind of emotion that you do they have no regrets that's something that a psychopath it always shows and they tend to repeat their, their behavior uh, those who are born into uh, better circumstances financially families with money wealth power the right schools uh, can be uh, amazing creatures because they they, will, they still crave this power and now they have the means to obtain it so down throughout history you have battles you just follow history uh, you have battles between top psychopaths or kings, or emperors, and that, that type of stuff between each other. There's hardly a name mentioned outside their families and histories, because the ordinary folk didn't matter. The ordinary folk still don't matter. You see, it's always been a battle between an elite who clawed their way and slaughtered their way to the top. To the present time, through diplomacy and training, of course, and given uh, means of getting higher and higher in the world of what we now call politics, they can get to the top, but they still have this lust for power. They have visions of being king of the world, that kind of stuff, you see. And therefore, the New World Order comprises of, on the one hand, a club of these elitists around the world that have climbed to the top of their own countries and dominated the people and live uh, much, much higher than the people uh, of the countries do, a much higher standard of living. And they're competing to an extent for the wealth. The wealth is only created, and Marx was quite correct on this, wealth only comes from labor. So all the folk at the bottom, the masses of people at the bottom, are the ones who produce. And right now, we have a, a different kind of battle going on, uh, a different guise, I should say. It's the same battle where at Copenhagen, 
you have all these different countries uh, and the third world countries with their own psychopaths who've clawed their way to the top uh, who are expecting to pocket a lot of money uh, from the divvying up of all these taxes that are going to come down the pike from the so-called richer richer countries. That's really what's going on there. And at the same time, you have the big um, capitalist corporations in there at the same time um, demanding their fair share as well. Uh, They're the guys that are already making millions of dollars in profit from swapping carbon credits that they were given free by their own countries. You won't be given free ones at the bottom, remember that. So regardless of class, uh, politics, whatever, they really have the psychopaths at the top. That seems to be standard in history. And right now they're fighting, as I say, over divvying up the wealth of the planet. That's how they see it. And you always know yourselves that those who are representing countries are going to pocket a lot of money for themselves on the way. The trickle-down theory is awful nice, except it doesn't work very well at the bottom where you're waiting for the occasional drop to come out of a, of, of a faucet. That's how it really, really is. Greed runs their lives. Power runs their lives at the top. And any con will do. Now, you take capitalism itself, for instance, and we had in the 1800s and 1700s the laissez-faire capitalism, where people were treated like dirt. You were utterly disposable as a worker. There was no pension. There was no sick funds, anything. In the mines in Britain, for instance, and, and factories in Europe, if your husband got sick or was ill or was injured at work, the wives and children had to go down the mines and, and replace them. That carried on right up into just before the First World War. And then you have this opposite happening. Remember, in, in the Hegelian dialectic, to get towards a goal, you must create a thesis. So you had capitalism as a thesis. Getting rich was the name of the game by any means possible, by using whatever tools, people or nations possible, and, and uh, ruling over everything. Is, 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 that gave you a sense of security for you and yours, your children, etc., and for your generations to come off your own. That's how people live their lives through their offspring. Their names meant everything to them. The antithesis to that came along in the form of Karl Marx. And remember, the, the, the two work together to bring out a synthesis, which becomes the new thesis, and then you go on from there. This is what they call uh, the, the never-ending story. Each time you come to a conclusion when both sides become so much like each other during conflict, they eventually merge, and you bring a, a part of each one's system into the new system, the synthesis, that becomes the new thesis, and then they go on from there. But regardless of what they want to hide behind, what shield they want to hide behind, when you look at the capitalists and the communists, the upper classes of those countries, and yes, they did have upper classes in communism, lived very well, incredibly well, partied all the time too, big balls, caviar, all the rest of it, chauffeur-driven cars, limos, servants. Um, These are psychopaths on all sides. And right now, as I say, a good lot of them are over there right now at Copenhagen, uh, hammering out their deals as to divvy up the greatest con they've dreamed up so far, which is uh, CO2 and global warming. They put years into the creation of this fallacy, which has become a religion. Not only can you get the characters who came up with the idea, admitting it in their own book, The First Global Revolution, put out by the Club of Rome 
in the 1990s. They said that in 1972 they came up with the idea of global warming. That would fit the bill with famine and so on. That would fit the bill, they said, to bring the world together under a type of control. And they pretty well got their way. Then Al Gore was sent out there. Al Gore, who was, his mentor was Armand Hammer, a guy who uh, was, his father basically was a backstreet abortionist, a, a pure communist, um, who sold snake oil to people actually. Uh, he didn't have qualifications as a chemist or a pharmacist, but it didn't matter to him. And uh, his son was given the name of Arm and Hammer, which is the British Freemasonry symbol, as opposed to just the compass and squares. Um, of the U.S., and it's also, it was also the symbol of the Soviet Union. Armin Hammer had uh, an apartment next to Lenin and then Stalin, and at the same time, he's a millionaire on the other side. You know, poor guy gets rich by hard work, rubbish. You understand? The common theme. But anyway, we have these psychopaths who have merged into the synthesis, the very thing that that the Rees Commission came out with in the 1950s to do with the big foundations, these multi-millionaire, billionaire uh, capitalists funding what seemed to be the far-left communists until Carl Quigley came along and says, well, yeah, we're often mistaken for the communists because our agendas are really the same for the Royal Institute of International Affairs, Council and Foreign Relations. So we have, and their job was to merge the two systems together. Now, Lenin himself said, that the dictatorship would only last for maybe 70 years or so. Then it would sort of melt away into a system not quite capitalist, not quite communist. Well, what is it? It's called socialism. Socialism. Socialism is another guise you see to control, dominate the public with masses of uh, bureaucrats above you, levels and layers of bureaucrats, so many that eventually it's like George Will's 1984, there's a ministry for everything that's what they call it in Britain ministries of this and ministries of that uh, Lenin also predicted a time when there'd be so many agencies in the West that they'd, they'd be stepping on each other's toes and going into their, each other's territory they'll be fighting with each other we've seen that over the last especially since 2001 where the FBI and FEMA and, and all these different alphabet soup agencies are fighting over the same territory, rights and power. We've seen the police go crazy with all the cash that's been given to them for their uh, high technology surveillance and all the rest of it. We've watched all of that. We're living through it. But as you're getting back to Copenhagen, the Copenhagen Treaty is a done deal. Nothing's going to stop it. Nothing at all, because after all, they've been planning it for, oh, since, at least hit on that idea, since the 90, early 70s, and even before. They thought the global freezing would do, they thought we're going to go into a cooling phase, and that would fit the bill. But it, 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 the same authors who wrote to the coming ice age suddenly turned around and wrote to the coming uh, warming age. You see? It's astonishing that the public are kept out the, the loop, but... It's not really, when you understand, getting back to my original point, from the minute you're born, you're indoctrinated with your parents' indoctrination. What they believed was real, which really is their own indoctrination. It, it, kindergarten takes it over very effectively today, just like Bertrand Russell said. He says with these experimental schools from the 1920s, 
if we can get the children at kindergarten for maybe three, four hours per day, we can give them scientific indoctrination, so much so that any contaminated ideals from their parents at home uh, will not take on the children. It will be dismissed by the children, not even thought about by them. Scientific indoctrination. That's all happened. And as I say, the media has taken over from there, so much so that Brzezinski himself said in the 70s that the, the, people, the public will surely expect the media to do their thinking for them. And that has certainly happened. Certainly happened. You know, the main newspapers are actually putting full-page ads, all chains of newspapers, including The Guardian, to tell the political leaders to vote for the treaty. Back with more after this break. I am Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Just talking about the, the psychopathic cliques at the top and how they're merging, you see, gradually merging. As they do business with each other and divvy up all the loot, they're going to plunder from the, the, the present generation and all those to come uh, for a bunch of hot air, supposedly. Divvied up in real cash as opposed to cans of gas. But it's a great con game. And this runs along the line of the eugenics, of course, because eugenics comes into everything to do with elitists at the top. Uh, the elitists at the top of every country, as I say, are, are psychopathic by nature. Uh, an instance of that is Tony Blair, who gave an interview recently. I read some of it in the newspaper. Where he was asked about things like uh, Iraq, the wars in Iraq, Afghanistan, and so on. He says, all of that, he says, like it was just... Uh, a bit of a nuisance in his career and he was asked if he had any regrets over anything he's ever done, any policy whatsoever he says, no, no, I don't believe in regrets he says, he says a leader just has to lead, that's all well it's a psychopath talking, you see there's a guy who sleeps well at night dreaming about his own um, intellectual and, uh, 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 and his power over others intellectual abilities and power over others the, a psychopath is true ego but eugenics comes into everything, especially with global warming, because all the big boys in the eugenic societies, like the Optimum Population Trust and others, are on board with this. And yes, they do have members now on governmental panels, along with the, the, the climate changers as well, all appointed, of course. Uh, we don't elect them, because we're out the picture. The proles don't count. We don't count to the bottom. Just like the, the peasants of ancient times didn't count in the history books. Just the rich and their families and their squabbles and all that kind of stuff. So, they're bringing uh, eugenics into the global warming thing. And sterilization will come down the road as well. And I have different articles to read here tonight to do with that. This first one just has to do with an alternative uh, summit going on in Copenhagen where people with some common sense and know the whole thing stinks are giving out uh, the other side of the story. And this is in the Telegraph. It's December the 8th, 2009. It says, Global warming is caused by radiation from the sun, according to a leading scientist speaking out at an alternative skeptics conference in Copenhagen. 
As the world gathered in the Danish capital for the UN Climate Change Conference, more than 50 scientists, businessmen and lobby groups met to discuss the arguments against man-made global warming. Although the meeting was considerably smaller than the officials gathered of, the officials of uh, gathering of 15,000 people meeting down the road, the organizers claimed it could change the course of negotiations. Professor Henrik Svensmark, a physicist at the Danish National Space Center in Copenhagen, said the recent warming period was caused by solar activity. said the last time the world experienced such a high temperature was during the medieval warming period. The sun and the earth were in a similar cycle. Professor Niels Axel Morner, a geologist from Stockholm University, said sea level rise has also been exaggerated, I'd, I'd say, <laughs> Uh, by quite a few meters, by the climate alarmists using computer models. That's how they're telling you that everything's rising in the sea. Uh, they're using computers. The facts don't count, and the measuring sticks don't count, just like the thermometers don't matter anymore. It's the computer models that go by. That gives them the information they want to hear. He said observational data from lake sediments, coastlines, and trees show sea levels have remained stable. That's right, no islands have sunk, you know. Professor Cliff Ollier, another geologist from the University of Western Australia, also said the environmental lobby have got it wrong on ice caps. He said the melting of ice sheets is caused by geothermal activity rather than global surface temperatures. Professor Ian Plimer from the University of Adelaide claimed carbon dioxide from volcanoes rather than humans is driving warming as part of a natural process, and it warms and it cools and it warms and it cools, and that's how it's been for an awful, awful long time. The meeting was organized by Danish group Climate Sense and the lobby group Committee for a Constructive Tomorrow. So, at least not everyone's fooled. And believe you me, there's no consensus on this rubbish of global warming. Um, far, far from it. There's thousands of scientists can't even get a paper published. And we've gone through the stuff that was through the leaked emails to show how they were blacklisted from getting stuff published in major publications. In the world of science and medicine, you'll find this is how things are. If you get your name published with a theory, a theory in uh, one of these major journals, it's, it's then acted upon as some sort of gospel truth. Uh, at least it's up for examination. If you're blacklisted and they won't put your, your theory in there or what your findings in there, then uh, no one's ever heard of you, and all they're left with is the pro-warming nonsense, you see. But you think politics doesn't, involve, doesn't come into areas of life that, that, like science? It's all political. Science is all political. Everything they get at the scientific level is from massive grants. Grants. They live on grants all the time from government and, and private organizations. And when you look into, and you should look into, the various groups who are given grants by the big foundations, for instance, like Rockefeller, you'd be surprised at some of them and what they're looking into. So, as I say, so much is going on. It's a done deal because the big business summit was held six months ago pretty well. And they decided that the big business is going for it because they'll profit from it. You'll pay at the bottom, they'll profit the top. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix. I'll also put a link up tonight's after the show if I can get anything up at all since ExploreNet keeps cutting me back with my speed to uh, sort of uh, annoy me or get rid of me is probably the, the real reason. But uh, this link will take you to, I think it's Breibart TV, where you'll, you'll hear Al Gore in the early days with a totally different view of CO2, where he said that um, CO2 followed global warming, whereas now he's saying that, that uh, uh, CO2 is causing global warming. But the facts don't matter to your old Al, you see. It doesn't matter too much. It's a true psychopath. It's that energy, energy too, that the, 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 the creative psychopath has. Abundant energy. And facts don't really matter. Or being caught in the lies doesn't matter either. They, they don't blush. You see, psychopaths can't blush. If you caught them red-handed doing something, they, they, they'd tell you to your face that they weren't doing it at all. You must be deceiving yourself. Never blush. That's why they go into politics. When you see the mud that's thrown at, um, at these people in, when they're going for running for politics, which is a dirty business, um, they never blush. They never get embarrassed or walk away or hide their heads or say, my God, the public. No, no, that never happens. A true psychopath feels no guilt, you see. And because they're all ego, they really believe they can bluff their way through anything. They have such a great confidence in their own skills and righteousness, no matter what they've done. This article here is from Wired, or Spike, sorry, Spike magazine. And it's to do with a, a big ad that was put out through the newspapers by Optimum Population Trust, another backer of the global warming stuff, since they want to reduce the population with all the laws they're going to bring out. And remember, the Optimum Population Trust uh, advises Prince Charles and, and the British Parliament and other countries' parliaments because they've got, got branches now through this foundation, got branches across the world with the same mantras and the same psychopaths at the top all working their way up. If they were told of some other um, mantra to chant just like Orwell's sheep, they'd do it without a blush again when they're going to keep their high salaries. They'll, they'll, they'll say anything they're told to say. This is a new belief for the day. They'll, they'll rant it away to you, even if it's opposite yesterday's rant. That's how they are. But anyway, from Spike magazine, it says, December the 7th, it says, below a picture of 12 black babies, the caption warns, babies in Dakar, Senegal. Then with a literary sigh of relief, the subtitle to the caption points out that a cost analysis commissioned by the Optimum Population Trust claims that family planning is the cheapest way to reduce carbon emissions. In other words, the destructiveness of such babies, these carbon emitters, can be counteracted if we prevent them from being born in the first place. I hope people really, really, really get the horror of what's, what's coming down the pike here under this con of global warming. People look back in history and they wonder why such horrible things and mass slaughters are ever allowed to get to that point where they can do it. And you know something? It's because people can't believe it would ever come down the pike and really happen. That's why they continue to happen. And they don't have to take you into camps to kill you or send you off to Siberia. They can sterilize you without even knowing about it. The big boys talked about it 
in think tanks at the United Nations after Kostler worked on such projects. He says we can sterilize them. Should we put it in the food, the water, or inject them with it? And then other big players too, like Julian Huxley, who worked for the United Nations and UNESCO, who said that UNESCO's goal was to indoctrinate a generation in the world into common culture, amongst other things, mind you. He said uh, that uh, maybe just that the wealthy elite, those who deserve to come through into a new society, will be allowed to have children, or else they'll be given the antidote to the sterilization. You see, we have all the warnings, as I say, leading up to something awful, but no one believes it. No one believes it, even when it's actually happening. As I say, they don't have to bring you into camps to sterilize you. Just look at the statistics in the West. Anyway, this article continues. It says, um, The odious Optimum Population Trust is a zombie-like Malthusian organization devoted to the cause of human depletion. Looking at the article by John Vidal in The Guardian, by the way, The Guardian is one of a whole group of newspapers across the world that all got together, their owners got together and decided to put out uh, massive ads across uh, Copenhagen, uh, right around where the meeting is taking place, to tell the politicians to sign the treaty. Now, and you think that, you think that the media is non-political? They're sort of in the middle of everything? They just stand in, in their neutral? No, they never have been. <laughs> this is um, the Guardian, which contained a photo of 12 black babies and reported on the Optimum Population Trust new initiative inviting people in the West to offset the CO2 emissions by sponsoring family planning in the developing world. I'm not sure what I found most shocking. The message conveyed through the photograph or the absence of any anger over the Optimum Population Trust and its supporters casual devaluation of human life. There was a time when people who measured the value of human life through somber calculations based on cost-benefit analysis were regarded with suspicion and contempt. Throughout most of history, human life has been valued in and of itself. It has been seen as possessing a special quality that could not be reduced to quantities to be measured by misanthropic accountants. That's a good term, misanthropic accountants. Yes, the human body also has a physical dimension and it can be reduced to its chemical constituents. But isn't there also something very special about life? Well, you see, up until not too long ago, there was. Remember again, going back to Julian Huxley at UNESCO, United Nations, he said we must start to train the public in the devaluation of the specialness of human life. Well, you've lived through it, most of you. You're, you're still living through it. You're seeing, you're, see, <laughs> you're, you're seeing there's more abortion clinics across the planet than, than Hitler ever had uh, taken smoke away from his ovens. And it's normal. It's normal in society. There are now baby parts getting sold across the planet for big bucks. They're putting fetus tissue, fetal tissue in your vaccines. Big bucks again. Everything's got a cost, isn't it, to these characters at the top? They've all got profits of everything. Nothing is wasted, is it? Even when they destroy you, they waste nothing. They profit from it. Anyway, it says, 
sadly we live in a world where for many climate crusaders a photo of 12 beaming babies is somehow a bad thing a symbol of the problems we face why? because the optimum population trust has discovered that every 4 pounds by 8 bucks spent on contraception saves 1 tonne of CO2 what a joke eh? being added to global warming it claims that the most effective way to fight climate change is to get rich Western people to offset their own carbon emissions by paying for birth control programs. Now, they're talking about mainly abortions here, by the way, in poor nations. And look at the funding of all the abortion clinics. It's all through the foundations and your own governments. Again, aimed mainly at all these different countries, but including your own too. That's the reality of life all hiding behind climate change. You know, when the, when, the, when the sea is warmed, it gives off CO2. Warm water gives off CO2, as opposed to cool water. It's warmed by solar radiation. Now, when comes some, some warm front comes in over the sea, it's, because it's warmed by, by direct solar radiation. This one here actually says, this is another article here. This is by The Telegraph. Copenhagen Climate Summit. Global warming is caused by sun's radiation. And I've read that one already, so I'll just say the first part of it again because it's important. It says, global warming is caused by the radiation from the sun, according to leading scientists speaking of Alternative Skeptics Conference. And I hope everybody goes into this particular site and gives them some support. But read into how CO2 is formed from the sea for yourselves and do searches for it. That was standard tuition until they came up with a political cause under the guise of global warming. Again, too, I'll go into the big psychopathics con games. Isn't it amazing? I find it amazing how the media can immediately distract you from one major crisis. The same media, as I say, that's got together uh, and now is telling politicians through their own advertising to pass this treaty at Copenhagen. The same media had everybody petrified, supposedly, for the last six months about the death and pandemics, uh, body bags, um, mass graves going to get built for the flu outbreak, uh, and all the horrible ways we'd die, and how society would come to complete standstill uh, unless we got the flu shot. Right? Amazing, eh? The same media that suddenly forgot uh, about the previous crisis at Jatin just before that, one crisis after another, because we lived in a time of crisis creation, it was the, the bank collapse, supposedly, and the massive bailout that every country on the planet had to bail out all the banks. They just plundered them. Then they went on to the flu crisis and got everybody to... People were stocking up in Tamiflu and all this kind of stuff. Some people were getting three or four injections thinking, if one's good, then four are better. They were coming down with all kinds of illnesses, and believe you me, most of these illnesses come down the pike a few years from now, from these inoculations. This article here is called From Health Day. They show you the kind of scams. Just like the scam where every country put out billions of bucks to guarantee and, and, and signed, they'd buy five years now of continuing flu shots from the big corporations. Five years, and suddenly... There's no more flu. They're just gone. Once it's signed, gone. Right? Health Day. Review questions Tamil flu's effectiveness. Finds no proof the drug prevents flu complications such as pneumonia. Tuesday, December the 8th. Health Day News. 
No evidence exists that the well used influenza drug Tamiflu prevents pneumonia and other complications in otherwise healthy patients who come down with the flu. A new review contends. Claims about the effectiveness of the antiviral drug against flu-related complications had influenced governments worldwide to stockpile Tamiflu as part of the preparations for a global pandemic, the review authors said. Governments around the world have spent billions of dollars on a drug that the scientific community now finds itself unable to judge, said Dr. Fiona Godley, editor-in-chief of the British Medical Journal, which published the article online Wednesday. The review was done by BMJ and Channel 4 News in Great Britain. The authors of the new review, which updates the review published in 2006, analyzed 20 published clinical trials of Tamiflu that examined prevention, treatment, and adverse reactions. However, the analysis was hampered by the paucity of good data available from the trial authors and Roche, the maker of Tamiflu, the study authors said. This meant the review authors couldn't verify the results of eight important trials that were never fully published. These eight trials, which were included in the previous review, were omitted from the new review. Based on the data available to them, the authors of the new review concluded they have no confidence in claims that Tamiflu reduces the risk of complications of influenza in otherwise healthy adults and said the drug should not be used in routine control of seasonal flu. And what were they doing with a lot of people? The governments and the socialized healthcare societies were forcing folk to take it. They thought they were, or could have a sniffle or be allergic to something, forcing them to take the stuff. It says, because previous evidence about Tamiflu's effects on flu complications may be unreliable, <laughs> governments should establish studies to monitor the safety of Tamiflu and other neuraminidase inhibitors, said review leader Chris Del Mar, a professor at Bond University in Australia and colleagues. The review findings call into question not only the effectiveness of, the, of Tamiflu, but the whole system by which drugs are evaluated, regulated, and promoted. You're darn right they should be. Godley and a BMG colleague wrote in an accompanying editorial, Once a trial is completed, there needs to be ready access to the raw data behind any analysis used to license and market a drug, they said. The same as it should be behind getting a hold of the raw data that dreamed up the con game of global warming from two papers, initially one paper written by the major suspect. And we've all to change our lives because of that too. And we can't get the raw data. Okay? I'll also put up a link, as I say, that, uh, to that. Uh, I'll make sure if I can find it because I've lost a few links tonight on the computer but uh, there's a video up there where I'll go where you actually hear him um, as I say reversing his opinion uh, on what's causing global warming the cart before the horse now the heraldsun.com.au it's got a good article here on Al Gore. I told you to ignore all the, the scandals that have come out with the released emails and so on it says, Climate Gate, Gore falsifies the record. Well, what's new with Al Gore? <laughs> Wednesday, December the 9th. It says, Al Gore has studied the Climate Gate emails with his typically rigorous eye and dismissed them as mere piffle. The question put to him was, how damaging to your argument was the disclosure of emails from the Climate Research Unit 
at East Anglia University. This is the main one I'm taking all their data from and copying it. Now, to paraphrase Shakespeare, its sound and fury signifies nothing. I haven't read all the emails, but the most recent one is more than 10 years old. First lie. That's our first lie he comes out with. That's so quick from a psychopath, too, to say that without a problem. So he says, these private exchanges between these scientists do not in any way cause any question about the scientific consensus. There is no consensus, except all the paid-off ones who are on board and get their paychecks uh, from these characters, the IPCC. And in case you think that that is a mere slip of the tongue, another question, there is a sense in these emails, though, that data was hidden and hoarded, which is the opposite of the case you make in your book about having an open and fair debate. And Al, Al waffles through that one as well and repeats it again uh, that, uh, oh, these emails were 10 years old, etc., etc. He denies it three times, you see. It's all piffle and it's years old stuff. It says, in fact, as it what's up with that shows, that's the other website, what's up with that? It shows that one climate gate email was just two months old. The most recent was sent on November the 12th, just a month ago. Gore knows this, so. The emails which gave Tom Wigley, which have Tom Wigley seeming to me to choke on the deceit, are all from this year. Jones's infamous email urging other climate scientists to delete their mails is from last year. Back with more after this break. Thank you very much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Um, I wanted to uh, mention uh, I'm, uh, I, I'm with a, a group, We Are Change Chicago, and uh, on last Tuesday, the day after Obama gave his speech about uh, the escalation in Afghanistan, we were part of a, a huge uh, rally where we marched all through the downtown area with about 30 uh, different 30 different groups, yeah. and afterwards. We received a, an email from someone within the organization saying that they don't want us there anymore because we are changed. They called us extreme right-winged, an extreme right-wing organization that doesn't believe in the global warming theory, and they also called us racist. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I'm and you know I'm wondering what if you can give any information about about these elitist. Uh, uh, foundations coming in and taking over the anti-war movement because Bill Ayers was there as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's nothing new in this at all. Um, uh, the, as long as he can smear you with some something that's meant to just uh, disable you emotionally right away, like fascist or whatever, or racist, uh, it's meant to shut you down. But uh, they, they're not. Don't they see? They don't really want people really inquiring into the real causes of things. The real causes of things. Because they've just announced there uh, that um, the, the, the puppet government have got in Afghanistan. The leader has said that, that the U.S. troops will be needed there up until 19, uh, 2028. <laughs> so and before they even went in, Britain said to them, uh, they'll be there for 40 years. You know. So th- th- there's nothing 
that there's nothing, uh, they don't really want um, people in who are asking questions about that and other related topics. They don't want that at all. No. I see. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks for calling. Yeah, you've got to understand that a lot of these groups out there have their own agendas. And I've seen one group uh, that was um, a 9-11 truth movement that, that, that gradually and actually quickly was taken over by someone who became to the lead of it. That's, that was typical of the communists, so how they used the tactics. And by the way, they're still trading them uh, by the same people who were communists, and probably still are. Um, they took over this particular group, and uh, they're all for global warming agenda, and they think they should be fighting the global warming and going along with it all. Everything gets infiltrated by professionals. And believe you me, as I say, the ones who trained the communists, and they had the agents, they had over uh, 400 known ones in Britain, right up to the Berlin Wall came down. They didn't go away. A lot of them lived there. Um, And um, the same in the U.S. They had thousands in the U.S. So they're still working with the same agenda um, because, you see, totalitarianism doesn't, it doesn't matter if it comes through fascism or communism. It's the same damn thing. Everything really is fascist in the end when this clique at the top uh, rule all uh, the resources of the planet and live the high life while you live at the bottom producing and paying for them to live the high life that they're on. And they will slaughter as many as they can to keep those positions for them and their families once they're in power. As I say, it doesn't matter what it's called. Called Other philosophers have said the same thing in the past, that it doesn't matter what this totalitarian system actually is. It's technically fascist in nature. But uh, you look at the big corporations that are on board uh, pushing for the, the treaty to be signed because they're going to literally get incredible land grabs out of it too under these carbon trading schemes. Canada just gave a massive multi-million contract I think it's Shell Oil uh, across Canada to put pipelines to sink carbon dioxide into the ground. Amazing, eh? To sink carbon dioxide into the ground. And the big boys will rake millions off this. From Hamish, myself, in Ontario, Canada... Yes, good night. I mean, your God or your gods go with you.